0: Welcome in. It is Wednesday. Mike Steely here at one of my favorite hangouts, Caven, Cavens Construction. And uh, Parker is back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Happy to be with you here on this Wednesday. It's always a great time out here at Cavens. Duke, the office dog, just got a bath, looks great. Parker, they have so many snacks and great food items out here every week. I, I said it's like going into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory with some Cheez-Its and other stuff. It is unbelievable, and they also have biscuits and gravy out here. They're serving up today. Biscuits I mean, this and is gravy. Yes, can you believe that their conference room is big time, man? They've always got great food. Gary's got a great reputation for being the best in the business here at Cabins, and uh, they're good people out here. That's what makes a great company. That's what makes a great radio station. You know, people who show up, do the work, and they're good people. And that's what they are here. At Caven, so happy to be out here. Caven's full-service environmental company serving Oklahoma with mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, sewage extraction, cleanup, structural drying, uh, fire and smoke restoration, crime scene cleanup, tear gas cleanup, blood cleanup, odor control, pack out, contents cleaning. They do it all. They do it all. It's like the uh, baseball players, you know, who played nine positions during their career. Uh, like who's one? Jose Akendo would be one. They do it all here at Cavens. You need their help? They're here to help you, 24/7, 365 days a year in the metro area. 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. 918-282-7612, and now in Kansas as well. Uh, Cavens Construction—they do it better than anybody else. Well, Parker, more frustration for Sooner basketball last night. And uh, we had we had talked about, man, the Tech game. They'll be favored in the Tech game. And then Tech started playing better, started getting healthier. And the Sooners, again, they, they just don't have the talent. They almost have to play. You know, Grant Sherfield last night, 3 of 13. Sometimes he was 3 of 11 from three. Oklahoma shot 9 of 33 from three-point range. By my count, that's 27%. And uh, it seems like a lot of times this team goes as Grant Sherfield goes, and it didn't go well for Grant Sherfield last night, and the Sooners lose seventy-four sixty-three. And you look at the rest of the schedule, and you wonder where another win is going to come from. And if it doesn't, uh, you know, materialize for Oklahoma, then the Sooners would see Porter Moser in his second season at OU finishing up thirteen and nineteen, and three and fifteen in the league, and that's that's not that's not good.
1: No, it's not. But I think with the loss last night, what we can officially do is stop holding out hope for this Oklahoma basketball team in twenty twenty three. They're not making the tournament. They're likely not finishing with a winning record. They are going to be less than competitive in Kansas City next month when the big twelve tournament rolls around. It's just it's it's a lost cause at this point. And finally, we can all acknowledge that. We were kind of, It feels like we were on the precipice of issuing that declaration for the last several weeks. But look, you lose a game at home to the one team that was probably more beatable than any other opponent on your schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, it's officially over. You can stick a fork in this team.
0: Yeah, and the Sooners go to Ames to play Iowa State Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. Then they uh, they have a game at Kansas State next week, and then they wrap it up uh, you know, with a uh, Saturday game against TCU at home at the Lloyd Noble Center, and then it's on to the Big 12 tournament. But, yeah, it was another rough night. And then you got the news before the game that Bijan Cortez, for personal reasons, uh, left the team. We don't know how long that will be. And we really don't know uh, what, you know, precipitated uh, him leaving the team. But certainly that hurt Oklahoma depth-wise last night. And uh, all you can do in a situation like this is pray that everything's okay with Bijan Cortez and his family. Like I said, we don't know what's going on. But uh, hopeful for his return to this team. And I, I guess, Parker, will just have to see what happens there.
1: Yeah, and it's just <laughs> – It's almost like when it rains, it pours for this team. Nothing's going their way. Nothing really has gone their way ever since that victory over Alabama. and It hasn't been all bad, Uh, but man, you look at the second half of this basketball season for Oklahoma, really ever since Big 12 play, really hit the grind. Really, whenever they got past the first couple of games, the on-ramp to the conference slate, man, they've just been battered and beaten and bruised, and I would have to imagine that Everybody in that locker room right now is just eager to get this season over with because it's been a forgettable one. It's been an unfortunate one. It's been one where continually they've had one thing after another bounce the opposite direction and leave them sitting here at 13 and 15 and in the cellar in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Tough season for the Sooners. Well, let's hear from Porter Moser last night, afterwards, uh, meeting the media. Obviously, more frustration from Porter Moser.
2: When you're looking 36 minutes into the game, um, I think it was a three-point three, three game, you know, right around four minutes left, and we've just missed so many shots. So many layups, so many shots. I thought we did a good job of forcing some turnovers early, creating some offense with that. Um, But um, they weren't playing a couple of the guys. They were just sagging in on a couple of the guys, daring them to shoot. Um, And you got to knock some of those down. I thought in the um, the second half they they made some championship plays in the last four minutes. O'Banner got an offensive rebound. Tyson got an offensive rebound. Um, They drove baseline, flipped it, it kind of airballed, and O'Banner got it and laid it up. Um, And then Tyson came flying in and and, and we missed two box outs. Um, We had another one where we had a missed ball screen coverage so he was able to really throw a nice pass for a slip dunk. Um, Really tough plays to make in the last four minutes, but you're, you're 36 minutes into the game, it's a it's a one-possession game, and you just just missed an absorbent amount of shots. I think we missed 24 threes and probably six point-blank layups.
0: Not good, obviously, uh, for the Sooners last night as they fall 74-63 to Texas Tech. That is our ortho-central Clip of the day: Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now the brand new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you on the uh, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hour number one, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They will do great work for you. Heating and air needs you need addressed. They'll do it, and they'll do it at a great price with a professional uh, service team. Four zero five. Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Now the question becomes as the Sooners play out the season, what will this roster look like next year? I believe things are heading in a direction where CJ Nolan's not going to be back. Uh who else may not be back next year? You would think obviously
1: uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna Jacob name Gropes. names here, Steely, because that's not my MO, but there are several scholarship players on that roster that are not gonna be coming back.
0: It will be a – I don't know if it will be – well, numbers in football and basketball are crazily different, obviously, and we've seen uh, what – it's going to be 37 uh, new guys coming in for OU when you talk about the recruiting class and the guys in the portal uh, for Brent Venables on the football roster. And I would think there would be pretty severe turnover on the basketball roster. I think uh, Lo Zuzan will be back. You would think, obviously – uh Otega Oway will be back as well. Uh the guys that Porter recruited would be back. And other than that, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what the rest of the roster looks like for OU.
1: Yeah, and that's where the portal comes into play, right? And in college basketball these days, if you want to stay competitive, you want to stay afloat, and you're not a national powerhouse on the recruiting trail like Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, right? You're gonna to have to be able to go into the transfer portal every single year identify talent, press for guys that are going to be immediate contributors for your basketball program, and bring them in. I thought Porter did a really good job of that as soon as he arrived at Oklahoma. That was a pretty dire situation. He had four scholarship players that were holdovers from the final year of the Lon Kruger regime at Oklahoma. And he went and got the Groves brothers. He got Ethan Shagwa. He got Marvin Johnson. He got Jordan Goldwire from Duke. The team that Moser cobbled together via the portal in year one, all things considered, was pretty impressive, and I would go as far as to say that program, that team, exceeded expectations, but year two rolls around, and if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times, Steely, the one thing that Oklahoma did not get in the portal in year two for Moser, offseason number two, was they did not get enough size. And when you're relying on... Tanner Groves, Sam Godwin, and Jalen Hill, six nine, six nine, six seven, to be your bigs in the Big Twelve, you gotta have guys that are a little bit more immovable than those three. And they're all good players, but especially in a league like the Big Twelve, where you are generally facing elite big men and sometimes multiple elite big men like Fardo's IMAC and Kevin O'Banner at for texas tech last night when you got to consistently go up against guys of that ilk your front court is not going to hold up when you're effectively taking the approach well we got three guys in groves godwin and jalen hill that can play the post play in the paint and if those guys get into foul trouble or they just don't have it on any given night man you're going to be in some trouble and the Sooners have been, repeatedly.
0: Yeah, I, I think those guys are decent players who, who play hard, and uh, I think they've got great work ethic, but they're not good enough for this league. And uh, if you're going to play at an elite level in this league, and it's got to be about bringing more talent, and yes, Porter's going to have to hit the portal hard, and he needs to strike gold with uh, some big men. There is no doubt about it, because next season, man, is, uh, is pivotal for him. I'm not ready to say, you know, make, make Porter Moser walk the plank right now. And I don't think Joe Castiglione is that kind of guy. And I've said I still think the only way that Porter wouldn't be back next year at Oklahoma is if he goes somewhere else. It looks like the Notre Dame deal, you know, he said, nah, I'm not interested. This is where I've made my home. I like it where I am. And and I'll take him at his word for that. Uh, so, you know, unless he goes somewhere else, he's going to get another year. But, man, next year, Big. It's really big. Um, Again, I understand this is the best league in America, and you really don't get hardly a night off. You get, like I said, you get some uh, some easier nights than others. Obviously, if you're not playing Kansas or you know Texas or Baylor or you know K State, whoever, they're really good teams in this league, no doubt. But you should not be. Uh, what looks to be like a three and 15 team in the league at Oklahoma. I mean that's just that's not acceptable. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this team you know regroups and plays and aims this weekend. Iowa State got blown out of Texas last night, 7254. Uh, they're at the Moody Center. So uh, we'll see I think they they've continued to fight. You know, give them that, but sure. And I thought they fought last night. They just didn't make enough shots. I mean, Texas Tech turned the ball over 13 times in the first half and led by two and a half. That that doesn't happen very frequently in college basketball. That means you're not taking advantage, obviously, of those turnovers. And it was just a horrendous shooting night for OU.
1: It was not good, and it hasn't been a good season, Steely. There's been. Really nothing. Outside of that Alabama win, it's like what happened that afternoon and why can't Oklahoma recapture that form? But outside of that impressive win against the number one team in the country, and there's been very little to hang your hat on for Oklahoma basketball in 2023.
0: No doubt. All right. We got a break. I'm here at Cabin's. Parker is back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wing studios at the ref. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday. Let's come back and talk a little Oklahoma Sooner football. We are going to hear from Desan McCullough, and we're going to hear from uh, Austin Stogner a little bit later on as well. We'll do that coming up next right here on the ref. Okay, we're back. Mike Steely here at Caven's Construction. We'll have Gary on uh, for a few minutes in the uh, next segment. And appreciate you guys being here on this Wednesday. Hope it's going well for you. And, again, uh, Sooner Football, now we get ready, of course, for uh, spring practice in about uh, five weeks, spring game, April 22nd. Brent trying to pack the house again. And, obviously, Parker, man, This you talk about a, a difficult situation for Oklahoma fans this year. And I know there are other sports, you know, uh, K.J. Kendler is killing it, Mark Williams, gymnastics, uh, you know, Ryan Hibble, the golf program, uh, tennis is going well. But when you talk about your flagship two sports, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more difficult for all you fans than what they saw 6-7 and seven with the football team and now the basketball team. Uh, Pretty much insured of finishing in the cellar in the Big 12. It's the official Debbie Downer football and basketball season.
1: Can we officially dub this the worst year of athletics for Oklahoma in the 21st century? Because, yeah, look, softball won a national title, sure. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, that's not entirely fair, but... Because baseball went to the College World Series as well, finished runner-up there. Gymnastics are as strong as always. But I think that, honestly, even if that isn't fair, that's probably going to be the perception. Folks are going to look back on the 2022-2023 athletic calendar and think, wow, that was a rough time for OU athletics because, obviously, the sports that carry the most weight around here are football and men's basketball, and they just haven't lived up to expectations this past season and they've both they both have turned in or will turn in losing seasons for the first time in a while
0: yeah no doubt and uh, again OU has a a very well-rounded athletic department like I said gymnastics both are unbelievable got two great coaches there in KJ Mark Williams Uh, tennis has been great you know, Ryan Hibbles won a national championship, and that team is going to be in the running for a national championship as long as Ryan Hibbles is there, and they keep putting the money into that program uh, that they're doing golf-wise. Skip Johnson is a well-liked guy, and uh, Sooner fans want to see him do well, try and get back to Omaha after an incredible run uh, last year. But And, uh, by the way, TGFP, thank goodness for Patty. TGFP is what you need to think at all times because – uh, women's softball is clearly uh, a very hot sport right now. It's the most visible women's sport. And basketball certainly up there, too. But I think there's so much love for women's softball. By the way, Ginny Baranchek hitting it absolutely out of the park as the women's coach. They've got a huge game uh, coming up with Texas, obviously, that's going to decide. It looks like the Big 12 regular season championship. But you're right, you know. The flagship programs, it's football one, and I'm not gonna say basketball even one A, but it's football and men's basketball. And it's been a struggle for Sooner fans. I believe that football is gonna have a pretty good bounce back season next year. Basketball? Mm, 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 don't know. Don't know. But I do believe that football, you know, that Oklahoma's gonna bounce back next year, and at least when Nine games, And I think what they've done in the portal is a big reason for that. And uh, Dasan McCullough is a guy that I think is going to be a big-time playmaker on the defensive side of the football. And uh, Dasan said the other day that he thinks this portal group OU's bringing in is very impressive.
3: I mean, these are guys that are experienced, guys that you know that can play. So it's kind of like no-brainer guys. Like guys that are already coming in and working, I'm already impressed with all of them. So there's uh, there's definitely
1: there's definitely some signs there that are going to lead to our success. I've been uh, jumping into workouts. The workouts have been pushing me. I mean, everything's been pushing me. Uh, film, mentally, Coach Venables has been pushing me to learn this defense. So this is the exact reason why I came here, though, is to grow as a man, become a great football player, not just physically but IQ-wise too. So it's been great.
0: There you go. And I think you look at uh, the group of uh, portal guys, and uh, Parker, I think, besides uh, Devon Sears at Texas State, Caleb Schaefer at Miami of Ohio, and Luke Elzinga, the punter who comes in from Central Michigan, all the other prospects that are coming in are Power 5 proven for the most part, right?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure, but... And I'm not sure say, about
0: Blake Smith at A&M, but everybody else looks like they're pretty much power five proven or have at least made some plays at that level.
1: No doubt. And even a guy like Caleb Schaefer, right? Yeah, he, co- he comes in as a group of five transfer, but he was a four-year starter at Miami of Ohio. And when you look at what Oklahoma has gotten from some G5 transfers in the past, you look most notably at C.J. Colden a year ago. Some of those guys, especially some of those guys with a ton of experience and a body type and a skill set that's conducive to success at any level, you know what? They can be plug-and-play options regardless of what level of competition they've faced so far. So, yeah, I'm really impressed with this portal crop for Oklahoma, and I think a lot of these guys are going to be immediate contributors. I think Tasson McCullough is certainly one of your starters on defense at that sheet of position. I think Reggie Pearson probably starts alongside Billy Bowman at safety. And then I think between Jacob Lacey, Rondell Bothroyd, Devon Sears, Trace Ford, you're going to have some transfers that make an impact on the defensive line. And for me, it's all about shoring up the defense heading into 2023 Steely because that offense was good enough for Oklahoma a year ago to win double-digit games, I think. Maybe not good enough to win the Big 12, maybe not good enough to go to the college football playoff, but that was an offense that was good enough and consistent enough to win double-digit games.
0: Yeah, and, and again, you've got guys who are going to be able to help you on uh, all three levels, right? You've got uh, up front, you've got Bothroyd, you've got Trace Ford, you've got Jacob Lacy. And then on the next line, whether, you know, Cheetah linebacker, whatever you want to call it, you've got uh, Deson McCullough. And in the uh, defensive backfield, you get... Reggie Pearson Jr. and uh, Kendall Dolby. I know we don't talk about him as a portal guy, but he's a newcomer that is expected to be a a guy that can come in and make plays for Oklahoma. Uh, What do you think, by the way, of uh, the word that Peyton Bowen, again, is being looked at at Cheetah as well?
1: Makes a ton of sense. And I think just because that's a guy that's always played bigger than he is at 5'11", 188, he's fearless. He comes downhill with force. He's elite when it comes to run support and in coverage, and so that Cheetah spot, I I don't think that's the only spot that we're going to see Peyton Bowen at as a freshman. I think he'll see some action at safety as well. But, man, the one thing that has always been most impressive to me about Bowen and watching him both on tape and in person is football's just easy for him, man. He glides, and you heard Brent Venables echo that sentiment In last Thursday's press conference, he said, look, it just it comes easy to Peyton. And when you watch him at the high school level, it's almost just like he's playing on a different difficulty level than everybody else. And naturally, that's going to change as he makes the transition from 6A high school football in Texas to power five football at the University of Oklahoma. But I would be very surprised if you're not seeing quite a bit of Peyton Bowen in the back end of the secondary, both at safety and at Cheetah in 2023 for OU.
0: I'm with you. It's going to be interesting uh, to see, again, Desan McCullough obviously is being uh, looked at there as well, and it uh, looks like he's got, again, a lot of playmaking ability. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out on that side of the football. All right, Riverwind Casino, we want to thank them as always. Riverwind, 75K, love to get away promotion. This Saturday night they are giving away three – or I'm sorry, five uh, grand prize packages of $25,000 uh, in cash, $5,000 each to five different patrons. And they've got uh, preliminary drawings where they're giving away a lot of uh, cash and bonus play before that as well because that drawing will be just before midnight. So Riverwind Casino always with the best promotions. We've got Beast and Bites coming back again for 2022 this summer. It's going to be big time. And, again, May 27th, the first show out will be a Blue Oyster Colts and 38 Special. That will be a great way to kick off the festivities. And, uh, once again, you can get your tickets online right now at Riverwind.com. They're only $5 apiece. It's a great environment if you haven't been out there for the great music, local food trucks everywhere, craft beer from Coop Ale Works, and, again, games for the kids. You've got everything out there. Bring your Folding chair, bring your appetite for some great food and some great music. Beats and Bites 2023 is back at Riverwind, another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. Be right back here at Cabin's on a Wednesday. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. We are back. I'm here at uh, Cabin's Construction on a Wednesday. Steel Man and Thune program presented by Last Home Comfort Systems. Also during this first hour, we should have Gary on here in uh, just a couple minutes. The Air Comfort Solutions text line, always available to you, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. So uh, what do we have coming up? Uh, Sooner baseball will play tonight, Globe Life Field at 6 o'clock. Oklahoma and Abilene Christian, the Sooners two wins, two losses in the early season. Sooner softball team, Plank's getting ready to uh, travel out to, uh, to L.A. as they get out to uh, uh, California for the Mary Nutter Classic. Two games Friday, if the weather holds, and that's very much up in question right now. Uh, Cal State Fullerton Friday at 2.30 a.m. Friday at 5 o'clock, then Saturday against Utah, 11.30 a.m., Loyola Marymounts will be the second game on Saturday scheduled for 2 o'clock in a Sunday shootout with UCLA at 11.30 a.m. Unfortunately, uh, those games are on flow softball, which is horrible. But, uh, again, we'll see. Uh, Plank was telling me he thinks the only game he really thinks they may get to play would be that UCLA game. But we'll see if the weather changes out in California. Parker, it's uh it's all silent right now on the recruiting front because it is a dead period. We need to get awake again. When are we when are we gonna get some recruiting stuff rolling? And it'll
1: probably be a week from today, March first, because that's when the dead period ends. Until then, it's just not gonna be a whole lot happening. It's been a quiet month. February in general is typically the quietest month on the recruiting calendar but one once things get back rolling in march they're going to get rolling quickly oklahoma's got a big junior day on march 4th with numerous top 2024 targets coming into town so that will be huge for the sooners and could yield some results some very tangible results i'm talking potential commitments in the not too distant future i do think it all ties back to michael hawkins though the four-star quarterback out of Frisco Emerson down there in Texas. There are so many kids that I think are just waiting on Hawkins to pull the trigger.
0: All right. So for those recruiting noobs out there or those who are kind of into recruiting, but, you know, they're not the the kind that are looking to, you know, say, hey, to something on Twitter to every single recruit who tweets out a top 10 list or whatever, your, your average recruiting uh, information consumer Uh, Who would you say, again, the Sooners' top five targets would be and where they stand with those guys right now uh, for 2024?
1: Oh, top five targets. Okay, well, again, I, I would say Michael Hawkins is certainly on that short list. He's the guy that Oklahoma's put a red eye on at the quarterback position in 2024. Uh, I would say at wide receiver, Bryant Wesco, four-star kid out of Midlothian, Texas, has plenty of family ties to Oklahoma. His sister, Bailey, is on the OU women's soccer team right now. That's a guy with whom Oklahoma's in very good standing. David Stone, the five-star defensive lineman, Dell City native. OU's doing battle with Michigan State there. I think they've got the leg up. Uh, Nigel Smith, another four-star defensive lineman out of Melissa, Texas, a guy that is going to be back up to Oklahoma for another unofficial visit before too long, and a guy that I firmly believe will be a Sooner in the end. I've had a crystal ball in for a matter of months for Nigel Smith. And then if I had to pick a fifth, who it's tough, I would say probably Peyton Pierce, four-star linebacker out of Lovejoy, Texas. OU and Notre Dame fighting it out there for Peyton Pierce's services he's got a lot of family connections to OU as well which is part of the reason I believe that ultimately he's going to end up in the crimson and cream so I think the conversation probably starts with those five guys right now but there are plenty on the board across all positions that Oklahoma's pushing very very hard for Casey Poe four-star offensive lineman out of Lindale Texas another guy that's on the short list
0: there you go. Sooners and Notre Dame in battle for another Peyton again, just like they were in the 2023 class and now in uh, the 2024 class. We got Jerry uh, Gary Cavins joining us uh here at Cavins Construction and uh Gary, it looks nice and sunshiny out right now, but we know the winter is not uh, not finished yet. We may not get super cold stuff, but it's Oklahoma, you never know what can happen. What are you guys dealing with most right now?
3: Well, right now we've been dealing quite a bit with mold and mold remediation um, from jobs of when the winter pipes broke and people didn't have people come out and do the structural drying, water extraction, and now they have mold. So we've been doing quite a bit of that recently, and um, now we're also stepping into um, doing some new things called water trapping, where we're um, helping, you know, um, roofs, commercial roofs where there's waiting for stuff to come in or there's leaks and... uh, over electronics and stuff like that where we divert water to keep it from happening. So if it's something that can't be repaired right away, now we can come in and divert water and um, basically get it away from electronics and businesses and stuff like that so they can stay open and stay running.
0: Mold testing sounds very important because if you do mold testing, you usually don't have to deal with mold removal. Correct? In well most, most
3: cases it, in in some cases that's true you know it's it really comes down to if you know that's a great question and, and what it comes down to is if you have a water intrusion issue at your business or at your home you've got to get it re- taken care of right away because as long as water can get into the into your property and there's something organic for the mold to grow on and eat off of, and it has that water, then you'll have mold growth in your home or your business. So it's it's something that you definitely, if you have any kind of water issue, water intrusion, you want to get it fixed as soon as possible, because the next step is going to be mold testing to see if you have mold. Um, and then the next step is if you if you do have water intrusion and you haven't taken care of it, there's a high likelihood that you may have one of the five bad molds, and it may need to be removed from your home for or your business for your employees or your personal health and safety
0: so we have shay and i haven't had we had a little bit of water intrusion uh when our ac unit upstairs in the uh, you know in the attic area was leaking it was a little bit of water hardly you know it came through the ceiling it created a puddle that was really small Uh, we didn't do any any mold testing on that when should people I, i know you're talking about if you know, water gets into your home and you see it, and there's a lot of it. You really need to have that done. But some for somebody who hasn't seen any real water leakage or anything, is it still uh, a good choice to go ahead and get a mold test every now and then just to make sure, or do you think that's too much?
3: I think that's a little too much. I think that if the signs are there, if you have signs that there has been water intrusion, or if you have... Um, Allergy-like symptoms, but they don't go away with allergy medicine, and it's not just Oklahoma. They go, don't go away with the seasons changing and stuff. Um, then there's a high likelihood that there is mold in your house. Um, mold can be in your air ducts. They can be in your walls. It can be behind your under your kitchen cabinet. Um, it can be from a, a plumbing pipe that's been leaking from an exterior faucet. Um, It can be from the roof leak. It can be from so many different places and stuff like that. So that's why we do a mold investigation and we do testing to find out where the mold's at. But then also part of the investigation is to find out where it's coming from, what's causing it, so that we can resolve that. Because it doesn't matter if we don't resolve the water intrusion and we go ahead and take care of the mold, the mold will come back.
0: I had somebody the other day, uh, last week, say, man, I hear you, you know, talk about Caven's and how great they are all the time. What exactly do they do? And I tried to explain it as best I could, and I said, basically, they do everything, and they do it really well. How would you explain to somebody who said, what does Caven's do and what do they do best? What would you tell them?
3: You know, that's a great question, and the the best way to explain it is Caven's. over the years, we've done a little bit of everything which has made us great at what we do now. And we have what we call the big three. Cavens Environmental, Cavens Roofing, and Cavens Maintenance. Those are our big three. That's what we do day in and day out. Commercial maintenance is what we do. We work on businesses, strip malls, hospitals, banks, um, industrial areas, anything commercial door, flooring, uh, drop-down ceilings, uh, painting, trim work, cabinetry work, assembly of office furniture, um, all that kind of stuff any kind of maintenance on your business and then on the environmental side we have well, we have water uh, so if your home or business floods we can help you there um, we can do water extraction structural drying and um, so we can help with all of that now and that's important that's stuff's important because you don't want the mold to grow then also under the environmental umbrella we have mold and then we have fire, and then we have crime scene and blood cleanup. Um, So we have all that, and now we also have water trapping, um, which is new for the environmental side. Then we have our smaller stuff, which is air duct cleaning, carpet cleaning, dryer vent cleaning on the environmental side. Then you go to our roofing side, so basically we do roofing inspections and roofing replacement and we can come out and you know go through all that. We use Malarkey products, which are made in Oklahoma products, um, and you know we just uh, we've been doing roofing for a super super long time. Um, and we're also getting in that time of year where it's good to have your roof inspected because we're getting ready to head into rain season before too long, and that's when you end up with leaks that cause mold and other stuff. So it's always good this time of year when we're right at the end of winter, getting ready to start spring, have everything inspected.
0: Yes, if the Rubes uh, could speak for themselves right now, they're they're saying, oh, no, here we go again. It's about that time. It's about that time of the year. By the way, before we let you go, has Duke the office dog been in a commercial yet? And if not, I want to sign him to an NIL deal.
3: Not yet. Not yet. He's laying right there up front.
0: He's always here. He's always here. What a great dog. All right, Gary, thank you so much for having us out again. It's a pleasure to be here as always, and we'll talk to you again soon.
3: Yeah, and, you know, remember, we serve all of Oklahoma. We're also licensed in Kansas, Arkansas, and Texas, too.
0: There you go. Cavins Construction, they do it all, and they do it the very best. All right, break time right here at Cavins. Gary, the man, has been here, and Duke, the office dog, is right here just Having a great day on this Wednesday. Let's take a break, and uh, we can get to some Air Comfort Solutions texts, 405-651-3439. Let's talk more college football. That's the best subject, right? Let's do that when we get back. All right, back here at Cavens on a Wednesday, Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, if you are ready to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we can certainly go there, 405-651-3439. And we'd love to hear from you folks today, talking college football, whatever you want to talk about.
1: By all means, blow up the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Again, 405-651-3439. Let's get there right now for a few observations Derek on the text line says, I really think people are sleeping on Trace Ford. I know he's injury prone, but if he's healthy and has a whole summer with Schmitty, watch out.
0: I agree with that, and I think the whole key that you're talking about is uh, Trace Ford being healthy because when he has been healthy, he can get after the quarterback and make some plays. And uh, I like him, Oklahoma kid. I know Oklahoma State fans aren't real happy with him right now, but, you know, he he had always – uh, you know, thought about coming to Oklahoma and didn't get the offer, and now he's got his chance. And uh, he's – look, the portal changes everything. There's no doubt. It has changed the game. But I still don't know how many guys you're going to have going from OSU to OU or OU to OSU uh, even with this situation. So it's it's going to be cool to see how it plays out for him. And I like his attitude. He said he knew he was going to get some hate on Twitter, but that will, uh, that will eventually go away. And uh, again, if he's healthy, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a guy who's gonna make plays for OU.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting Monday when I shared the airwaves with Teddy Lehman, he said, Look, I think best case scenario for Oklahoma, Trace Ford and PJ Atabare are your starting edges in twenty twenty three. And look, there are gonna be plenty of guys that rep at that spot. R. Mason Thomas, Ethan Downs, even a guy like Jonah Laulu, for instance. But I think Ford, when he's healthy, and P.J. Anabare, assuming he's all that he's cracked up to be once he's going up against collegiate offensive linemen on every snap, those are the two guys that have the highest ceilings right now at the edge position for Oklahoma. R. Mason Thomas is close, and I think the world of that kid, I think he's going to have a productive year as well. But, man, between Trace Ford, Rondell Bothroyd, Jacob Lacey, and Devon Sears, If you can get two of those four guys that you picked up via the portal to turn in solid 2023 campaigns, I would say on the aggregate, that's a win for Oklahoma. That's a huge net positive if you get two of those four guys to pan out. Elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, earlier, this comes from a listener in the 539, earlier I said bowen resembled the honey badger in the way that he plays the game what do you think honey badger played as a freshman and flew around and made plays early in his collegiate career
0: yeah i mean uh he he was a guy that uh you know just uh they could use him as a chess piece at lsu obviously and he was uh he was a tremendous player impacted that defense big time now i'm trying to think was tyron matthew would he be a little shorter than peyton bowen i'm that's what i have in my head but i'm old so i need to double check
1: yes matthew is short matthew's like 5'9 5'10 peyton bowen's 5'11 188 so all told not huge for a defensive back but man i've heard so many people who are credible and know what they're talking about i've heard so many different individuals over the time i've been covering peyton bowen compare him to tyron matthew and obviously that's very high praise for a kid that hasn't played a down of college football yet, but I think there are a lot of similarities just in the way that they carry themselves, in the way that they embrace the predator persona on the football field despite their lack of stature. And also, what else did Tyron Matthew do beyond his play on the defensive side of the ball? Man, he could hurt you in the return game. And no doubt. Peyton Mowen's a guy that has those same capabilities. He's not just a safety uh, he's a guy with a very impressive overall athletic profile, great speed, great agility, great fluidity in his hips, and a guy that, much like Matthew, can make an impact in so many different facets of the game, not just at safety.
0: Yeah, and uh, arguably, how long has it been since uh, the Honey Badger was at LSU? What's it been about a decade now, close to that? Yeah,
1: that would have been, what, 2010, 2011? That was the age of the Honey Badger.
0: How uh, Have we had a more impactful safety special teams guy than Tyron Matthew since then? I'm trying to think.
1: No, because that's the thing about safeties, man. Generally, you don't have a whole lot of safeties that do anything else other than playing safety, right? And Oklahoma's had some good safeties over the years. I think a guy in recent years that's flown way under the radar in terms of what he was and what he is right now at the NFL level is DeLarian Turner-Yell. But – Even a guy like that, that was so impactful for the Sooners on the back end of the secondary, no, strong safety, that was his spot, and that was really all he did. With Peyton Bowen, you use the proper term, I think, Steely, and that is chess piece. He is a guy that you do not have to just stick at safety. Now, granted, you put him at safety, he's going to be dynamite on the back end for you. But. You can use him as a returner. You can move him down to Cheeto. Whatever that guy is asked to do on a football field, he's going to do it very well because the game just comes easy to him, and that's the highest compliment I can pay to Peyton Mullen.
0: Yeah, and even Brent said that uh, when he met the media last week that he's one of those guys who just gets it, and the game does come easy to him. So, start him for Peyton Bowen. It looks like that's a very strong possibility. All right, break time right here from Caven's Construction. Want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour as well. We'll get back to more texts next hour. Stay with us here on the rep. Yes, here we are, folks. Mike Steely here at Cavins Construction, Parker Thune back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Hey, I want to do, uh, I'm sure some of you have seen this uh, half-million-dollar donation to the Oklahoma baseball program coming from Tim Stevenson, a half-million-dollars. in Duke loving it about it. Yeah, Duke is fired up right now. Once the the UPS guy gets here, that's when Duke will get fired up. But anyway, uh, Tim makes this donation in memory of OU baseball alumnus Robert L. Bob Stevenson. And again, they got a million dollars from Bob Stevenson's uh, foundation. Bob played baseball at the University of Oklahoma and once owned the radio station that you are sitting in right now, Parker Thune. When it was KNOR Radio and Tim Stevenson helped me early on in my career. Tim's a great guy. Bob's a great was a great guy, um, and uh, Tim did some Oklahoma baseball back in the day and is a big time Sooner fan. And uh, I'm sure that Skip Stevenson and the the program appreciate that donation very much. But I was uh, it was put a smile on my face to see uh, the. Uh, the donation from Tim Stevenson today for a half million dollars. Because Tim sat in that building for, uh, you know, back in the 80s when I was at OU and uh, did a little got a lot of good things for what was then KNOR Radio. Um, and it's, it's just cool to see him donate to Oklahoma baseball. Tim's always been a really good guy. Okay. Hour number two, presented by another good guy, Seth Wadley and his auto group, exit 72 in Paul's Valley. You're looking for a car, truck, SUV, used pre owned vehicle. You know, they've got the great selection there. They're always looking for the best available vehicles and trying to get you to come down, check them out, and make a great deal for you. They have a great guarantee after the sale. Oil changes and engines for life on newer, used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. All right, let's talk about a little more Sooner football. And let's start again with some audio from last week. But uh, Austin Stogner's return to Norman from Columbia, South Carolina, where he was there last year with Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler playing for the Gamecocks. And now he returns to Norman for his second stint with the Sooners how did all that come about? Here's Austin Stogner. When I
1: left, it was like kind of so crazy. You know, I tried to make everything was kind of like hit the fan or whatever. And I just tried to make the best decision for me. And I thought that was me leaving. And then uh, coming back, I wanted to play another year. Um, you know, looking like 40 years, look back, be like, wish I played another season of football in a, in a place that I love. And that's that's coming back here. So uh That's what made me come back it's just i love this place and i want to play here one more season and you know maybe you don't you know take it take it for granted when you're when you're here but when you leave you miss it so i just wanted to come back and i'm grateful that coach finnable's let me come back so um i'm really excited to be here
0: there you go austin stodger when he was healthy was making a lot of plays for ou and then we know what happened medically there but I think when you look at, and uh, Parker, we played the audio uh, last week from Trace Ford, and we talked about, you know, how rare it is, even in the portal era, for a guy to leave Stillwater to come to Oklahoma. Uh, maybe the second biggest surprise, would it be Austin Stogner coming back to OU among the portal guys?
1: <laughs> I th- Honestly, Steely, that was about the least surprising development of the entire portal cycle. Because You think so? Oh, yeah, tr- trust me. You had wind to that. I know yeah. that you
0: had wind to that. The second you Austin had...
1: Stockner hit the portal, there was only one place he was going.
0: Well, yeah, I agree with that. But him leaving because I, I don't know. I just never imagined him coming back to OU. But you're right. I know that you and Brandon were on top of that. You're like, just wait, somebody's coming back, and it was Austin Stockner. Now the question becomes: His numbers weren't great at South Carolina; they were alright, but not great. But when we saw him healthy at OU, this guy made some plays. Well, he was a sooner and he was healthy.
1: And again, yeah, yes, his numbers were not that spectacular at South Carolina, but it's about opportunity and it's about usage for a guy that has that skill set and a guy that's that physically gifted. Braden Willis's numbers had not been all that impressive until he got the opportunity to be the guy true. at tight that's end. True. That's true in Oklahoma's offense, it's going to be much the same thing with Austin Stogner. When that guy's healthy, Steely, there are very few tight ends in college football who are as dominant as he is. So, with the assumption, uh, with the presumption that he's going to be the guy at tight end for OU, and yeah, you have Blake Smith, yeah, you got Caden Helms, yeah, you got Jason Llewellyn, it doesn't really matter. Austin Stogner has the highest ceiling by far of any of those four. He's also got the most experience. So, barring injury assuming he shows out in fall camp and doesn't well and throughout spring ball to on that same note and proves that there's absolutely no doubt that he's the best option at tight end for Oklahoma which I don't think there's any question that he is this guy's gonna see a lot of run and he's gonna be crucial for Oklahoma's passing attack as the security blanket over the middle for Dylan Gabriel everything Braden Willis was For Gabriel a year ago, that's what Stogner is going to be in 2023. And I don't know how hot of a take this is, but I've said it time and again. I really do believe that pound for pound, Austin Stogner, a healthy Austin Stogner, is a better all-around tight end, especially as a pass catcher, than Braden Willis. And that's not to take anything away from Willis, because he's a really dang good football player who's going to get drafted next month, or I guess in April. But... That's how good Stogner is. Man, let's not forget, when that guy was in his prime at the University of Oklahoma, you rewind to 2020 before the bout with sepsis, he was leading Oklahoma in every major receiving category at that point.
0: All right. Uh, one of the things that we talked about a lot yesterday was, uh, Chris Del Conte letting the SEC know that they want, uh, Oklahoma, Texas to be 230 when they first start, uh, you know, in the SEC in 2024. And beyond that, they want Oklahoma, Texas kicking off at 230 for the, for the remainder of time until, you know, Armageddon gets here. But, uh, you know that we don't know anything officially yet, but I know a lot of people are excited that it's not going to be a rooster kickoff. And here's what Bob Stoop said on his Tuesday appearance on the Ref with Tyler and Teddy about uh, you know offering up his thoughts on the two thirty OU Texas kickoff. Yeah, as a spectator, absolutely two thirty better. <laughs> It'll uh, create a if possible a rowdier crowd. As a coach and player, I love getting up first thing in the morning. Having a right, We have a team shakeout, right, Teddy, to get a little yeah. energy in us, get a little energy going, have a quick pregame meal and get on the bus. I love going right away to it rather than, you know, rather than having to pace myself through the morning. There you go. You know, when you think about it, 2.30 uh, is the perfect time for fans. You know, I think, and I don't know what you guys think, um, you know, we have always looked at it from a media perspective. Now I'm not doing post game like I used to do for many, many, many years—about 25 years of post game—and uh, I haven't done that in a while. We do pregame, obviously, and then you've got Tyler and Travis and Parker's there for all the media sessions. So you know, I'm sure 11 a.m. for them it get some home earlier and then stuff like that. But from a fan's perspective, to me, 2:30 is is clearly the spot you want because you don't have to get up early the reason we call it a rooster kickoff roosters don't get up at 11 a.m but they're crowing when you need to get up to get there to your setup for an 11 a.m kickoff that's how they became rooster kickoffs and then you know you come back and you're probably back at your tailgate 2 30 or 3 o'clock and you know, I guess the hardcore party people could be there until midnight or whatever. But to me, you don't have to get there early and get to your tailgate, uh, and you can spend you know a lot of time tailgating. You know, watching that 11 a.m. game, and then getting over to the stadium uh, to watch uh, the Sooners or whoever you're going to watch, obviously in the in the 2:30 time slot. And then you've got plenty of time to tailgate afterwards into the evening. So. Um, I don't know. I I would think that this is going to be something that they will probably get. Um, uh, Again, we have talked about, Parker, we just don't see it being anything beyond like 6 p.m. because of the uh, difficulties with traffic and, you know, the difficulties with alcohol. That could be a big problem if it would kick that late. But I think 2.30 is is perfect. You know, the stigma has kind of become, if you're in that 2.30 game, what, it's a regional window you know, unless you're the uh, the SEC game or whatever. But at least with ABC, it was usually that situation. And big noon kickoff on Fox certainly changed that. The 11 a.m. slot became a lot bigger. Um, so, I don't know. I just think if you're a fan, 230 is perfect.
1: And I would agree. I think from my perspective, I actually prefer the 11 a.m. window. And I think, to be honest... There's just so much about that OU Texas experience, and Tyler and I were talking about this at length yesterday. There's so much about that OU Texas experience where, honestly, you're just willing to concede that it's not ideal, but it's the OU Texas that we know. It's a disaster, but it's our disaster. 11 a.m. kicks, I hate them every other day of the year, but for OU Texas, man, it's just it's part and parcel of the experience. As it's like pain
0: the, is pain is part of it. Yes, yeah, it can be very well, painful. There's going to be a lot of walking. There's going to be horrible traffic. If you lose the game, you've got to you know, wade through that ocean of Texas fans, and you're probably going to hear some words you don't want to hear. But that's part of the experience. And it's kind of like going through Jerry Schmidt's workouts. It may not be fun, but it's going to make you better.
1: And you're going to remember it. That's the thing. You will have vivid memories of every single OU Texas game you attend. For better or for worse, it is always one of the most memorable days of the year if you're a Sooner fan or you're a Longhorn fan. And the concessions are not great. The stadium's always hot. You're going to get sunburned. You're going to have long lines to get beer or water. There's going to be a ton of foot traffic. There's going to be a ton of actual traffic that you have to cope with throughout the day. But at the end of it all, Steely, that's OU Texas. That is what helps comprise the greatest rivalry in college football in many folks' eyes.
0: I hear the plumbing at the Coliseum in Rome is uh, maybe more up-to-date than uh, it is at the Cotton Bowl. And that I may know they try to make, you know, uh, you know what, the, that's what the Cotton Bowl should do since it's an old facility. We need to bring back gladiator games is what we'll do. We'll bring back the Gladiators. We'll put Brent against Muleshoe in the first matchup. Are you not entertained? I would take Brent. No, maybe we should put Jerry Schmidt in there against Muleshoe.
1: Oh, gosh, how quickly would Schmitty finish him?
0: I mean, that would be just awesome. And then, well, who would be the guy giving the thumbs up or the thumbs down? Mm Who would the emperor be? Switzer seem, seems like he's a little bit on Muleshoe's side. Okay, so, yeah,
1: Switzer has divided loyalties. Let's make him that guy.
0: Yes, and I think it should be like Mortal Kombat, finish him, and then Schmidt with the finishing yeah, move. Yeah, no, nothing, no fatalities, just, again, flesh wounds. The Monty Python flesh wound. I think it would be cool. Did you know they had naval battles in the Coliseum? naval battles yes they could like bring water in there and i i don't know but you will see google up the coliseum naval battles so we could have some naval battles in there in the cotton bowl too but i definitely want the gladiators back that would be awesome okay Uh, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. As we take a break right here, by the way, our friend David Goodspeed, number one Van Halen fan in the world, number one L.A. Rams fan in Oklahoma, without question, heading up the – he he is heading up, David, of course, the United Way campaign here locally, and he wanted me to mention that Gary and the people here at Caven's huge contributors, and they do a lot – a lot for uh, the United Way here locally in Norman. All right, let's break right here. Let's go back to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. The Gladiator gear, Schmitty versus Mule Shoe. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Stay with us here in The Ref. All right, we're back here at Cabins. Mike Steely with you. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in uh, Pauls Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Exit 72, great selection: cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. You name it, they have it. Tremendous guarantee, best in the business. That's guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a guarantee. Somebody asked me. Uh, Ron asked me, Steely. What tournament did you say the OU softball team is playing in? They are playing in the Mary Nutter Classic.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what Ron
0: was looking for right there, a setup. And you got it, Ron. You did it. All right, Friday against Cal State Fullerton. 2.30 Friday versus Texas A&M at 5 o'clock. Two games Saturday, Utah 11.30 a.m. Saturday against Loyola Marymount at 2 o'clock. And then a highly anticipated matchup with UCLA at 11.30 Sunday. Now, a lot of these games could be uh, weathered out. There is some problems right now in California weather-wise. Plank was saying uh, those first four games, the two Friday games and Saturday games, are very much in peril right now. How about this, Parker? Here's what we could do: we get three Sooner Schooners out there. We make the Coliseum, or we make uh, the Cotton Bowl again, like the, uh, the the modern day Coliseum, and we get, you know, Mule Shoe out there, and three different Sooner Schooner teams, and they run around and shoot flaming arrows at Mule Shoe while he runs around on the arena floor. Would that be entertaining?
1: Well, here's a suggestion from the Air Comfort Solutions text line: Give Mule Shoe a 25-yard head start and release 11 cheetahs to chase him down before he reaches the Cotton Bowl Tunnel. Awesome! There you go. Now oh, I don't I like know. That. I don't know whether that's in reference to actual cheetahs or like on McCullough cheetahs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you imagine on McCullough and Peyton <laughs> Bowen chasing it, it's running down I like Mule Shoe. So okay, so he has 25 yards. And he, he survives if he hits the cotton Bowl tunnel is what we're saying. Hmm.
1: I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say if Peyton Bowen is one of the cheetahs that's assigned the duty of chasing down Mule Shoe, he ain't getting even halfway to the tunnel.
0: Well, uh, I do I can visualize though the three Sooner Schooners flying around shooting flaming arrows. Now that might be kind of fun. Would you have to put Mule Shoe in like a Trojan outfit though? I don't know.
1: Somebody else on the text line said, wouldn't Muleshoe be a chariot archer since he prefers the air attack?
0: Could be, yeah. Could be. I, I guess you're right, yeah, now that I think about it. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that would be high-quality entertainment. Maybe we could do it like in a paintball way. You know, no, 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 let's make it real flaming arrows, now that I think about it. You think, Clark Stroud would, you, don't... you think Clark Stroud would be running around with him because he never leaves his side?
1: I was I was about to say, the sideshow could be bring in an unsedated Bevo and strap Clark Stroud to its back.
0: Ooh. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we are getting somewhere. Here's Because, folks, here's the way, the only way. There are three ways you can leave the Oklahoma head coaching job in football. And there are only three. Okay? You take an NFL job. You retire. That's two. What's the other one? I had another one. You get canned. That's it. Fired, retired, or NFL. That's it. Those are the only three acceptable ways. You don't leave for another college job in a clandestine way like that. I don't care even what the king says. Oh, what was you supposed to tell him? You know what? He left for Southern Cal. Bad memories. Very bad memories. And, yes, did he run from the SEC? Hell, yes, he did. No, he ran to USC, Steely.
1: He oh, wasn't running, yeah. he wasn't running yeah. from
0: the SEC. He was running to USC. That You know that happened in some kind of Gosh. promotional meeting, I, right? I, I
1: can just imagine... Mule sitting, this, guys. yeah. Muleshoe's <laughs> just sitting at the glass dining table at some tiny condo in L.A. while he's waiting to move into his mansion, and he's got a stack of index cards in front of him, and he's brainstorming one-liners, one-liner wow phrases that are really going to help restore his reputation.
0: Oh, yeah. What do you think, guys? Okay, how do we spin this? Lincoln, this is a problem, you know, that you ran from the SEC because clearly you did, but we appreciate it, but clearly you did. So how do we spin this? How about we change the narrative and we say, you didn't run from the SEC, you ran to USC. Brilliant. That's it right there in a meeting. That's how it happened. I don't care. What anybody says, that son of a bitch will never be forgiven. And I'm telling you, again, there are only three ways you leave the OU job, retired, fired, or NFL. Anything less is unacceptable. Let's get the gladiator games going at the Cotton Bowl. (sighs) I'm hyperventilating now, just thinking about it.
1: Oh Steely, this is this is I would say the most severe relapse you've had in a while in terms of your mule shoe anger.
0: Well, I when the king like uh, tried to give him a uh, an out, you know, and and Switzer is basically Zeus in this whole scenario, you know. But you know, to me, I'm like no, 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 retired, fired, or NFL. Anything less, unacceptable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch my breath here. Okay, 405-651-3439, 405 405-6, 651 and that man was handed the keys to the mansion, and it wasn't good enough. When's a big earthquake hitting L.A.? is that still happening uh,
1: i mean who's to say steely isn't it on the san andreas fault so it could mm-hmm. happen at any time it's just a matter of when when is mule shoe going to anger the football gods to such a degree that they elect to move the tectonic plates in retribution
0: again no fatalities just some flesh wounds that aren't really severe
1: yes the tectonic plates crack the earth and sailfish comes spewing out to spear mule shoot. That's Steely's ideal scenario. Uh, on the text line, calm down, Steely. I can see your forehead veins through my headphones. <laughs> we need a segment of just Steely going off on anything. <laughs>
0: That's what old people do in their old age, man. They go off on stuff. I can't help myself. I can't say, help it.
1: Somebody said, what about death, Steely? Is dying while head coach at OU not acceptable? Die with your visor on.
0: Well, yes. that's That's acceptable. But, you know, we're talking about the realistic three ways out. That's it. You know what? That's it. Retired, fired, NFL. So, anyway... I thought I was getting uh, out of the anger stage. I really thought so too. You know, the king pulled me back into that. I blamed Switzer for that. Seeing the comments about what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to stay at OU. That's what you do. So, Brian. No, and yeah.
1: Tulsa says Steely on his rants is the greatest thing ever. He is the Cavens of rants. <laughs>
0: I like that. What, what did we ran against the other day? Oh, technology. The pitchers having that electronic device in their back pocket. Look, that there are signs. I'm not an underground bunker guy, but when you start seeing these <laughs> signs, go get you know, go get some supplies and start digging. All right, go get some supplies and start digging. Pitchers looking at electronic devices for their pitches and then putting that back in their back pocket is. One that, that's the first horseman of the apocalypse. Oh, man. Technology. More more from the- Overuse of it.
1: More from the text line. Time for some counseling, Steely. Major kudos to Steely for telling it like it is, preach on. Fourth way to leave OU job, death by flaming arrow. And (laughs) one listener said, Parker is like the dude riding shotgun on Major League in the radio booth next to Bob Euchre, saying, you can't say GD on the radio. (laughs)
0: All right, we should take a break. I should calm down. So uh, I've got that picture of the schooners chasing Muleshoe now, or the cheetahs, the real cheetahs. All right, break time. We're going to switch our attention for a few minutes to a little Thunder basketball because the stretch run begins, and the Thunder, they're only a game and a half out of the six seed, which means you don't even have to deal with the play-in game. You're already in the playoffs, and guess what? They could get there. We'll talk about that coming up next. Yes, sir, the stretch run begins for the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night at Utah. Oklahoma City currently in the 10 spot will be in the uh, playoff play-in game. Utah is a half game back, the Blazers and the Jazz a half game behind Oklahoma City just outside the playoff picture. So this will be an interesting matchup tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Thunder at 28 and 29. Brandon Rabard joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And, uh, Brandon, we appreciate your time. Uh, Oklahoma City in a good spot. And, again, they're only a game and a half back of Dallas for the sixth spot. So we're talking a, a very realistic possibility, again, that Oklahoma City could just be in the playoffs, not having to play their way in in one of the playoff games if they play solid basketball down the stretch.
4: Yeah, this, this team, like you said, one game from being 500, far extended what people thought going into the season. Of course, the big reason being Jay Gilgis-Alexander becoming a top-ten player, superstar this season. Uh, just saw him and Jalen Williams and Josh Giddey uh, representing OKC at All-Star Weekend. Uh, I think they win tomorrow against the Jazz. This Jazz team is kind of on a downward spiral. They traded away a couple guys at the deadline. I think they get to 500, and it's going to be fascinating to see this team play. Uh, the There's stretch run they want to make the playoffs they have said and sga kind of reiterated at all-star weekend they are trying for the playoffs
1: brandon i feel like we need to get your thoughts on the trajectory of russell westbrook's career in the most recent chapter uh, in that very serpentine story obviously the former Thunder legend ends up going to the Houston Rockets, then the Washington Wizards for a year. Last couple seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers, well, gets bought out by the Utah Jazz, and now he's headed to the Los Angeles Clippers. Like I think it's been pretty obvious for the last few years that Russ, at this point in his career, he's thirty-four years old, feels like the guy's just kind of ring chasing. Is he ever gonna be? Is he ever gonna find himself in a situation where he can win an NBA championship?
4: Uh, I I think this is his best shot. You know, that that Lakers team that was supposed to be a title contender, you know, Russ kind of became the scapegoat, if you ask me. Uh, There was a lot of dysfunction with that team, and just the roster construction was was pretty bad. And Anthony Davis, LeBron James missed a lot of games. Uh, Before that, with the Wizards, you know, they hadn't made the playoffs for a few years before him and haven't made it, you know, since he's been gone. I think he was good with the Wizards and with the Rockets. He's obviously not what he was, and we knew here as OKC fans and media that, you know, once he got older, lost some of the athleticism, he wouldn't quite be what he was. I still think he can be a positive player, though, in the right situation, and I actually think this Clippers team makes sense. They have a lot of good shooters. Uh, they have, you know, two superstars in Kawhi and Paul George when they're healthy. They've been better lately. I think with a limited role and uh, being surrounded by shooters again, and kind of let letting Russ be a playmaker. I think he's in the most positive situation he's been in in quite some time.
0: Brandon a guest, dailythunder.com, Twitter superstar, joining us on the Riverwind Casino hotline. Uh, where are we going to put J Dub, uh, J Williams? You now the Santa Clara uh, Jalen Williams. Uh, and uh, in terms of great Thunder draft picks, considering where. They got him. You can talk about, you know, what what, uh, Durant was a Seattle pick. Russ was an Oklahoma City pick. James Harden, again, pretty good. There have been some other good ones by Sam Presti. But uh, this Jalen Williams J-Dub pick looks pretty good. I mean, it looks really good, Brandon.
4: Yeah, he was picked number 12 overall. And what's funny is some people at the time thought that that was a reach. And, of course, you know, if you were to redo this draft now, uh, he probably goes top five. He's been that good. Uh, right now, he's probably, uh, by most, like, rookie rankings and rookie ladders, when you look like ESPN and NBA.com and things like that, he's ranked number three right now, the number three rookie behind uh, Paulo Bancaro and Benedict Matherin. I think you can make a good argument that he's been better than Benedict Matherin when you look at efficiency and overall impact. He's been really, really – you know, I – I think, obviously, Russ was a great pick where he was picked. James Harden was a great pick where he was picked. But those were still, you know, the top six picks, uh, top five picks. Uh, Serge Ibaka was a great pick. He was in the 20s. But if Jalen Williams continues this trajectory that he started as a rookie, um, he could go down as, as one of the all-time best picks in Thunder history for sure.
1: Brandon, there were a lot of folks on social media. There's plenty of discourse. I'm fairly certain you were one that I saw chime in uh, over NBA All-Star weekend, really stumping for Isaiah Joe as a three-point contest candidate that got snubbed. And look, he's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league statistically. The third-year man out of Arkansas, obviously averaging 8.3 points per game for Oklahoma City. But long-term, you look at his status on this roster, what he can bring to this organization as a role player, how much value do you think he holds?
4: Oh, I think he holds a lot of value. Like you said, he's only 23 years old. He is still incredibly young. He has the number six overall net rating in the league. Like when you look at on-off, the Thunder is so much better when Isaiah Joe is on the floor. Uh, He he gives Shea and Giddy and Jada a lot more space to work with. Uh, obviously his shooting is just knocked down. He's number two in the league right now. He was number one for a while. And if you look at, like, three points made per 100 possessions, he's top of the league. He is just a dynamic shooter. But he does other things, too. He's showing up in other stats, like, you know, like loose balls and, and things like that, like hustle plays and things like that. He's showing up. So I think that he's a little bit more than just a typical three-point shooter. You know, the the Thunder have wanted – a dead-eye three-point specialist for a long time. They had guys like – they had good ones, like Anthony Morrow, Daquan Cook was decent, Alex Sabrinas, Isaiah Joe, far better than all these guys, and they have him on a minimum deal for two more years.
0: Yeah, pretty amazing, no doubt about it. All right, before we let you go, Brandon, uh, things obviously after the trade deadline look a lot different. The West is going to be very interesting, clearly, uh, Denver – setting the pace there. Uh, I don't think anybody, obviously, is catching the Nuggets. You've got Memphis in the two spot, Sacramento in the three spot. There's another good Thunder draft pick, right? Sabonis. Um Sabonis. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers are sitting at four and Phoenix at five. Uh, when this is all said and done, how do you think the seeding is going to play out uh, in the Western Conference for the playoffs, and where does Oklahoma City fit in?
4: Yeah, <clears throat> like you said, I, I can't see anybody catching the Nuggets. Um, It it kind of feels like the Grizzlies are are firm in that number two spot. Uh, They'll be better once Steven Adams is back. Uh, They kind of dropped off a little bit without him. Uh, The Clippers could move up. Uh, They added some talent at the deadline, and having Kawhi and PG back has helped them immensely. The Suns obviously are going to move up, uh, trading for Kevin Durant, and he's apparently back healthy. Um, His debut game will be against the Thunder, it looks like, on Friday national game on ESPN. Uh, I think the Suns could get as high as the three seed, maybe the Clippers, Kings, uh, Mavs, Pelicans. The Thunder, I think, are firmly in the play-in conversation. Uh, The the Trailblazers and Lakers and Thunder, I think, are going to be fighting it out for the last uh, play-in spot. The Thunder ahead of both of those teams right now. I'll, I think the Thunder will end up being like the 10-spot the uh, playing spot. I, I, there's just something about this team. They keep exceeding expectations. So it would not surprise me whatsoever in a year that they were supposed to, everybody thought, tank for Wimbledon if they ended up in a playing spot.
1: Now, Brandon, I actually want to throw one more question at you here because Nate McMillan was just let go as head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, there's a lot of turmoil there and some rumors swirling that maybe, just maybe, Trey Young hits the open market before too long. If things deteriorate between the Hawks and Trey Young to such a degree that both parties are ready to move on, you think the Thunder get involved there? With Trey? Yes.
4: Uh, That's a great question. Obviously, Trey and his family, Oklahoma born and bred, they love Oklahoma, uh, I know for a fact that his dad is still a Thunder season ticket holder and is still a Thunder fan. Obviously, Hawks are his number one team now, but Thunder definitely still is number two team. He grew up a Thunder fan. I think it would be tough to make it work, like, money-wise. And it seems and like a bad fit,
0: too, doesn't it? That,
4: yeah, that's what I was going to say. And fit-wise, I just don't – I think as much as the Thunder would love to have Trey Young, I just don't think that the fit makes sense. They already have so many guards. They already have so many on-ball guards. I just think that it would be tough for what the Thunder are doing, and they want jumbo-sized big guys. Uh, and Trey just doesn't fit that mold as much as they love the guy.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I love Trey. His dad, Ray. Obviously, I'm you know driving by the uh, you know, the young family center that they're doing construction on here in Northwest Norman every day, pretty much, and it's awesome but it just uh, it wouldn't seem like a a good fit in Oklahoma City as crazy as that sounds because Trey's obviously a tremendous player. Hey Brandon, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We will talk again soon. Absolutely. Mike
4: Parker, have a good one.
0: There you go. Brandon Rabar joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Speaking of Riverwind, 75K, love to get away promotion happening right now. Remember the first half of the promotion, we gave away three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel to a bunch of lucky patrons out at Riverwind. The second half of the promotion, they are giving away this Saturday night. Now, the drawing begins at 7 p.m., all right? They're going to give away a bunch, I mean a bunch of cash bonus play, and prizes up until just before midnight. So you can hear your name called between 7 and basically 11.59 p.m. And then at 11.59 p.m., they are going to give away five grand prize awards to five patrons, $5,000 cash each. Get out there, keep playing with your wild card, getting the extra entries, as many extra entries into the drawing as you can. That's how you do it. By playing with your wild card. And again, just before midnight, Saturday night, five lucky Riverwind patrons are going to end up with $5,000 in cash each. That is another great promotion from our friends at Riverwind Casino, the 75K Love to Get Away promotion. They had the Mad Dash for cash. $95,000 in cash bonus play and prizes in the month of February at Riverwind. Another reason why that's Riverwind. That's what they do. That's what they do. That's why they're simply the best. All right, one more segment. We'll get to some texts when we get back. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line here on the ref. Yes, here we go. We are back. Good to have you with us. Caven's Construction, just like our friends at Riverwind, they are awesome. Best at what they do. Mold testing, mold removal, water extraction, sewage extraction, cleanup, structural drying, drying, uh, fire and smoke restoration, crime scene cleanup, tear gas cleanup. Maybe they could clean up after the uh, the Gladiator Games there at the Cotton Bowl. Odor control, pack out, contents cleaning. Some of you, uh, you know, need odor control. So, again, at 24-7, 365, emergency water extraction available. They're just a call away. Uh, trucks, Drivers, Cleanup, Build Back. They are your one stop shop with flooding. City and work regions. How about Norman, Ardmore, Pauls Valley, Purcell, Oklahoma City, Edmond, Tulsa, Bixby, Jinx? They also now are in uh, Arkansas and Kansas. Uh, look them up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Cavens, C A V I N S, Cavens Construction, and online at CavensConstruction.com. Here in the metro area, you can call them up at 405-573-3048 and in uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And uh, David Goodspeed, the, uh, the the guy who is heading up the United Way campaign here in the Norman area, tells me again that Cavens is big time in giving back to the Norman community and the United Way. That's good to hear. Okay, Parker, do you want to get a couple checks in before we get out of here? Let's
1: go right to the Air Comfort Solutions text line and see what the folks are saying. Uh, what's up with T.A. Cunningham? That would be the high four-star defensive lineman, formerly from Georgia, now out at Los Alamitos in California. I, I don't really get the sense he's going to be a Sooner, and OU still recruiting him, still pursuing him. It just feels like there are higher priority targets and higher percentage targets at that position.
0: So, sounds like a sleazy mule shoe move to me.
1: Yeah, uh, It actually doesn't have anything to do with that. There's a very legitimate m- reason why he moved out to Cali. but No, yes, let's he's... make it
0: a sleazy mule shoe deal. Okay, you know, we enough. control the narrative here.
1: That's true. Steely, you know, when was the last time OU finished with a losing record in football and basketball?
0: I don't know. That was a good question. I was going to try and look that up today, and I got behind on my editing, so I didn't get to do that. I'm trying to think, golly, that would be... What was uh, the 98? Well, the 98 team wouldn't have had basketball losing record. That's a really good question. We need to research that. Tyler McComas, you have five minutes. Squirrel and Norman asks,
1: do the Sooners have a burner freshman wideout receiver on campus now? Uh, No, they don't have any early enrollees at the wide receiver position. Both Keon Brown and Jaquase Petaway are going to be arriving in June. So... Those two both got plenty of speed, especially Petaway. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in this whole cycle. Top 100 kid overall, regardless of position in the 23 class. So he'll be an asset for Oklahoma. Uh, Another listener says, Stogner is a jag. I beg to differ, but you're entitled to your opinion. One asks, do we know why Stogner left in the first place? Sounds like he thinks it was a mistake to leave. Uh, Yes, (laughs) he He does think it was a mistake to leave, and you don't even really need to read between the lines to get that sense from Austin Stogner. Uh, the way he expressed it to me at media sessions last Thursday, he just he made a hasty decision in the wake of all the mule shoe drama. If he had it over again, probably wouldn't leave, but after he spent the year at South Carolina, again, he had one year of eligibility left to use. He was always coming back home and Oklahoma is the place that means the most to him. Uh, He loves the university. He had a bit of a hot and cold relationship with Joe John Finley there for a while, but uh, those two have grown closer, and the expectation, of course, is that Stogner is going to be option A1 at tight end for OU in 23 and could have a year that's similar production-wise, if not better than what Braden Willis did a year ago.
0: Okay, here's, here's one to close on from Alex on Twitter. Steely, your three favorite food groups determine the conference you're in. What conference are you in? Then I'm in the Mexican Barbecue Pizza Conference. What about you, Parker Thune? Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, ugh, ugh. Mexican and pizza are definitely, definitely factor. I don't know what the third one would be. Probably not barbecue for me. Barbecue hmm. is a little too heavy. Most of the time. I can only do barbecue every so often. I don't know. That's a good question. All Mexican right. well, and pizza, y-
0: definitely high on the totem pole, though. You have time to ponder that and maybe uh, fill us in during uh, Locked In. TJ Perry's out here to save the day. This man does everything. He he really is the MVP. He really is. Okay. Uh, once again, we want to thank everybody out here at Cavens. They're awesome. I mean, the food out here, this is like, the cabins. almost has their own uh, cafeteria here. It's very nice. Amanda, it's awesome. Thank you. Okay, I want to thank Gary and the crew out here. They're always super professional and super nice. Duke, the uh, office wonder dog as well. Always great to see Duke, and uh, great to have you guys with us again today. Let's get locked in. Coming up next with Parker and Tyler McComas right here on the ref.